Amen. Be strong in the Lord. You know, uh, today we are in a third uh, sermon in our Secure the Bag series where we're talking of God's financial plans and um, uh, some uh, wonder why spend six weeks, you know, on on money. You know, is it really that important in, in the scope of God's kingdom? You know, we we need to be strong in the Lord, and and money just really um, takes up too much of our uh, uh, attention. Don't we just get what we need and be be done with it? And I, I think as we look in our passage today, we'll see just the ap- opposite. We'll, we'll see that, that what God is, is teaching us through Jesus' parable today is that God cares about every penny. So it's not just, you know, give 10, 10% away and then do with the rest whatever you want. That's, that's not what we'll see in this really interesting uh, parable. But because what God wants is maximum impact for every dollar that He's entrusted to us, uh, that's what we'll we'll see in, in this uh, unusual one of these unusual parables. Every once in a while, Jesus really throws us this zinger, you know, that we're just not quite sure exactly what he wants us to get out of it. And that's what we'll see here in Luke chapter sixteen, verses one through thirteen. Um, let's uh, let's pray together. Uh, Almighty God, we thank you for your written word. As it speaks to us of your truth, of how we are to be strong in you, how we are to be wise in you, how we're to, to live um, for you um, with every, uh, every resource that you give to us. So help us now to hear your word, to, to understand it um, with our uh, mind, to receive it with our heart and to then apply it with our hands and feet. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now, some of you, uh, you're just uh, joining in with us online or here for the first time. You know, we call this the Secure the Bag series, which is a, a, a really a popular phrase uh, today about uh, you know, getting the most that we can um, uh, for, in a worldly sense, it's getting maximizing the amount of money that we can get. Secure the bag, get all that we need, all that we want, and even more. Uh, well, what we'll see here is how there. Secure the bag's not a bad notion. It's just our world has twisted it around to secure the wrong bag. And what God leads us to is to say, nah, secure the bag, go for it, but go for it with this motive and with this intent and with this goal. And that's, again, what we'll see in our passage here. Luke chapter 16, starting with verse 1 through verse 13. Hear the word of the Lord. He, Jesus, also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager. And charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do? Since my master is taking the management away from me, I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I've decided what to do 
so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Uh, so, you know, get the basic gist of the story that Jesus is telling here. You know, there's, there's a rich man, uh, the business owner. And he, he's got a manager, the one that manages all of his holdings and his positions. And what the business owner, the boss has found out is that the manager is squandering, wasting away the, the possessions of the manager. He's not maximizing their use. He's just flitting them away. We're not exactly sure what's happening, but he's confident, safe. And so he's just coasting through, wasting his manager's possessions. And so he calls him in and, and, and fires him. Says, you're, you're fired. You're wasting away my stuff. I want you to bring the books in so I can look at them and we'll, and you're, you're done. Which sends then the, the manager, the, the one that's managing all the possessions, sends him into deep concern. High, um, uh, red alert. What do I do? Uh, he, 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 in verse four, he, he tells us that he, he has come to a conclusion. No, he's, he's too proud to beg. He's too weak to dig ditches. So he's got to come up with something to do. In verse 4, he says, I've decided what to do so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So remember that. Well, we'll, get, we'll circle back to that in, in a little bit. And, and so but what he does, then he starts doing his plan. So he brings all the customers in. He says, uh, all everybody that owes his boss money. All right, you, you come in. All right, you own this many um, uh, gallons of oil, cut it in half. Uh, you, you own this, 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 this many pounds, tons of wheat, um, cut it by 20%. Write it down on your bill. Now, that's what you owe. And so what he has done, he has gone into action, right? Quick, urgent, and we find out later, we find out in the next passage, shrewd, clever, wise action. I mean, he's commended. 
The next verse, his manager tells him, or his, his bo- the boss comes in and tells him, good job, how clever, how shrewd you are. He, he, he recognized his, his need and he got busy. He worked it hard for his benefit. And he's affirmed by his boss. Now, we don't know exactly what happened, but somehow he accomplished what his goal was. He, he made friends that maybe the debtors welcomed them into their house. They took him in. Maybe even his boss did. We don't really know. There's, there's, you, you can go read commentaries if you want to read 20 different uh, possibilities. You can. I won't uh, worry you with that, but worry with you with what the passage says. What the man did was commended. Now, what bothers us is that he's dishonest and it's unrighteous wealth. Well, hold on to that. It didn't bother so much the first century here, but it bothers us. But we'll get to that in a minute. But hold that clearly. What he did is commended. Um, he, 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 in, uh, so in verse 8, his manager commends us, commends him. And Jesus then, I believe, starts to talk in the middle of verse 8. And giving a little bit of interpretation of why he's commended. Middle of verse 8. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. What, What Jesus is telling us here in this passage is that money is a powerful worldly tool that we as followers of him must master. It is, it is not this dirty thing that we just need to sort of avoid. It's not, it's not this thing that it's just a mess. One of these days it's going to not matter at all. So we don't have to worry about it. Just do the best you can with it and move on. No, he's saying, look, the sons of this world, they know how to work money. It's unrighteous. Yeah, it's dirty. It's a mess. But they know how to work it better than you do. Better than we do as sons of light. And is that the way it should be? No. It shouldn't be. The, son, the sons of light should be mastering the, the work of unrighteous wealth for the good of God's kingdom. He, he commends him because he got to, he got to work. It, he had a sense of, ur- the, the, the manager had a sense of urgency. He had a sense of wisdom and intelligence. And he worked the system the best that he could for his benefit. I think part of the reason uh, that this parable is hard for us because this dishonest manager is using unrighteous wealth, part of the reason that Jesus uses that language is to say, you know, the world that we live in, this, the, the systems that we're in, of course, and their system was very different than ours in terms of economy, uh, but the human systems that we develop are always going to be messy. They're, they're gonna be hard. It's gonna take work. It's, it's not one that is, that is pure. And yet, all the more reason for us as followers of Jesus to jump into the system and make it work with the best kingdom wisdom and shrewdness that we can develop. Now, Jesus has parables like this in a couple other uh, situations. Uh, one that's just two chapters later in chapter 18 is the parable of the unjust judge. 
You may remember, some of you may remember that one. You know, it's a, it's a widow comes to this judge who's unjust, who really doesn't care about people, and she comes every day asking justice, seeking justice. And the, Jesus tells this parable, and eventually he says, the unjust judge gets tired of the woman and says, okay, here. You know, you get what you want. You know, here you get justice. And, and, and Jesus is using that as a as a positive parable to say, pray. Because if, if, if this unjust judge is going to give to this woman justice, how much more will your just God give justice to those of us that ask? Uh, so um, and that was just a few chapters later. There's a, a number of parables like that where Jesus uses things that trouble us a little bit, but because I think he's talking about just how messed up the world. This is not easy and clear and, and, and perfectly able to be done perfectly. But it is a world in which we must enter full speed with urgency and wisdom just like this manager. Because we are just like this manager. We are manager of whatever our Heavenly Father entrusts to us. Whatever wealth that He gives us is God's. And it's really easy for us to sort of fall in the same trap as this dishonest manager, just to take it for granted. You know, if we got enough and needs are met and we're able to do a little bit more with it, well then, okay, we're good. I'll just, we'll just coast the rest of the way through. Or it's really easy for us to get caught up in the ways of the world and think we're to secure the bag. We're to take these resources and get the most that we can for ourselves, for our own benefit. And and Jesus corrects that as well with the next phrase in verse 9. He says, make, let me read it. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth. So that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. All right. Now, again, remember I told you to hold on to verse four. Remember what the uh, dishonest manager, what his goal was. He, he did all of these things that Jesus says, except for the last one. He made friends for himself by means of unrighteous wealth. So he he fulfilled that part so that when it fails, when the unrighteous wealth fails, when the system fails, when what happened with him, when he gets fired, they may receive you into eternal dwellings. He's an example of a linear, you know, horizontal journey. He did it all so that they may receive him in worldly dwellings. And Jesus is telling us. Now, we need to have that same urgency, that same wisdom, so that we may be received in eternal dwellings. We may have eternal impact. We, we don't want earthly impact because we know one day that ends. We want eternal impact, which may have earthly impact, but also eternal impact. That, that's why we got, have to want to Master the powerful tool of unrighteous wealth so that we may have eternal impact. We want to use unrighteous wealth for eternal impact. So, so, so you see how Jesus tells the parable that goes along like this. The, the dishonest manager did exactly this and he, he parallels that until the end. The goal is totally different. 
It's not so that we'll be received in their houses. It's so that we may celebrate now and for all eternity. We get to participate in the work of God's eternal kingdom through the use of unrighteous wealth. All the more why we want to work it. I mean, why in the world would we want the people of the world's wisdom to be mastering the the work of money? We want God's people to be mastering it. We want God's people to be working it. The manager's trajectory is flat. Ours is heavenward and eternal. So again, unrighteous wealth, it's messy, it's impure, it's hard work, it's fleeting, it's insecure. It's the way of the world that can just simply be ugly, but it's the world we're in. And it's the tool that we've been given. That God has entrusted to us. So it's our charge not to complain about it. Not to worry about it. Not to get scared. But to enter in with urgency and wisdom. That's why we have the practical workshops Thursday night. Yeah, we had a great one Thursday night on budgeting. And it was a great review. A great reminder. And to be quite honest. To confess to you. As I'm prepared. This is just unfair. That I have to prepare this. And then go to that budgeting workshop. And realize Jesus is preaching to me. Because I'm in a place right now. I'm in that spot you know. Where I just you know. The, just paid the last you know tuition bill. And no no longer children on phone bills. Car insurance. No longer children to eat them out, out of my uh uh, refrigerator, you know, I mean, all the expenses are going down, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the budget's not really a big concern anymore. And, and what I heard Thursday night was God saying, what are you doing this for? Are you making a budget for yourself? You know, so that you, you've got everything covered or, or are you making a budget for me? Yeah, you need to go and work it so that, yeah, I mean, you need to take care of what you need and that's great. Go and do that. Enjoy that. You know, that, and that's what budgets are for to be sure you set that aside and you need to be sure then so that what you're, you're doing that as efficiently as you can so that you maximize how much you can give. We see over and over again throughout our, our series that you know, the things to give to are people who are in need, the people who don't have what they need. And over and over again, and we'll see as we go forward, and we give to the work of God's kingdom, to the work of the church, to the work of ministries, to the work of evangelism and discipleship across the street and across the sea. We want to maximize the opportunity to do that. That's that's why we budget. According to this parable, that's why we use wisdom. That's why we have a sense of urgency to make budgets for that. So if you didn't have a chance to do that, it's online. You can uh, see it on our YouTube channel, on the, the web page. But it's really good, basic, and simple. And one where Bree was our, our teacher, she lived it. And she shared from her own experiences. And, and this week, we have, have one on investing. You know, one of the reasons of budgeting is, is so that our, our money works for us instead of us work for it. You know, or you budget so as to eliminate debt, you know, so that you, you, so that interest isn't something you pay, it's something you get. You know, so we, we, we save for those things. We invest so that then the system actually is working for us. It's, we're taking money and making more just on the money that we invest. So that's this, this week. And again, and the purpose of that is not so that we have more, but so that we get to participate and see how in every way we can, we're maximizing the impact of unrighteous wealth for the kingdom of God. 
You'll, you'll notice in your bulletin you got something on the endowment fund. Well, you know, the endowment fund is a way that we as a church and the wisdom of the ages are saying, hey, this is a way for money to work for the kingdom. People give money to the endowment fund and then it's invested and it makes interest. And that money is then given away to ministries outside of the church with a particular emphasis on evangelism and discipleship. So that that money is now working for the the kingdom. And uh, you can talk to mission workers around the world who've received funds from this. This is one of the ways that with urgency, with wisdom, we, we work the system for the benefit of the kingdom. And so if you know folks that want to apply uh, for those um, uh, ministries, uh, projects of evangelism or discipleship, you can pass this information on to them. Uh, so, that, but, but we work it in terms of investing and letting, um, and, and also budgeting. And, and then another way that we do that, and whether, again, that we work it, is we plan for retirement. Again, but it's not so that, you know, I can coast then at retirement. You know, it, it's so that then it's, the, the money is providing for the needs and then my time is more free. And you know, there are many of you that have done that and done that well. You've started ministries that have been going on for decades in, in your retirement because you're free. You, you spend your, your time and energy now working in, in ministries of evangelism with, with high school students, discipleship with college students. You, you, you work in ministries that, that care for the needs of the poor, helping folks move out of poverty into the fullness of life that God has for them. You're, you're giving of your time and energy even more so because you've been planning. That's the reason that we plan for retirement. That's why with urgency and with wisdom we do that. Uh, so again, um, uh, take advantage of the, the, the Thursday uh, night meetings. Again, this one is on investing. We'll also have, uh, you can go, go online and do it Zoom as well. Uh, but if you come, you get the handouts. Um, and in one of the meetings, we'll even have a little raffle for a free gift uh, that even helps on this journey of uh, um, being urgent and wise in the unrighteous Wealth of this world. All right, then the final paragraph. So after the, the parable, then Jesus brings it home with a little collection here, a sense of, a, a sense of really the earthly and heavenly impact that we get to, with unrighteous wealth, can serve God now and serve God forever. That there is a tie-in to what we're doing on earth now and what we will get to do in heaven when we're with God in the pureness of the new heaven and new earth. The, the, the last paragraph really is what we call eschatological. And it means last days. You know, it's the end times. When, when Jesus returns and the new heaven and new earth have come. It, it's, it's taught, Jesus is telling us what you're doing now has direct impact on that day. That you, what you're, you're serving God now, that also means you're serving God forever. And so there, there's a really uh, a movement of what Jesus is talking about uh, in uh, verses uh, 10, 11, and 12, uh, where he says, "What you do with little connects with what you will that you will do with much." Verse 10: One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. 
One who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. So what he's saying is right now, all of us have little. I don't care if you're Jeff Bezos. Compared to God, you have little. Uh, we, we, we have little compared to what we will have when we were it with God in eternity. So what, what you do now relates to what you will do then. And I think also he, he, you would expect, he says, those who are faithful with little be faithful with much. And you, what would you expect him to say as the negative? Those who are unfaithful with little will be unfaithful with much. But what does he say? Dishonest. He uses the same word that he uses to describe the manager. So I think it's Jesus' way of saying, I'm not telling you to be dishonest, so get over that. You know, don't, don't, don't obsess there because you're going to miss the point. Uh, I'm not telling you to be dishonest at all. So you, you want to be faithful. You want to be honest. You want to be about unrighteous wealth according to the righteousness of the kingdom. You don't want to be about unrighteous wealth according to the unrighteousness of the world. That's sort of like winning the battle but losing the war. You want to be righteous with unrighteous wealth, but you want to use it and work it with wisdom and urgency. And what you, and, and the other thing about this little and much is this includes everybody. You cannot say, I don't have enough to, to really work it. I don't care who you are. God's provided you with some resource. So your responsibility, the same as whoever has the most, whoever has the least, doesn't matter. The, the, the point is not quantity, but quality. Are you working it with urgency and wisdom? So that includes all of us. And then verse 11, he says, if then you've been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? I mean, right now we have unrighteous wealth. We've been entrusted. Again, we're like the, we're like the manager. God's the boss. We're the manager. Money's the servant. Alright, so now he says, so now if you're, if you're good with unrighteous wealth now, well then, how much better will you be with the true riches you have when you're in heaven? It really makes me wonder, you know, what, what exact, I wish we had more information on heaven, on, on being with God for eternity. I mean, there's, there's something, maybe that, in, in those cases, just the use of the, the resources that are there is just, is beautiful. It's always fulfilling. It's always fruitful. And what, the practice we have in this place comes to fruition there. But for sure, what Jesus is saying is there is connection between what you are doing now, how you're with wisdom and urgency using the unrighteous wealth now, there's connection with how you will enjoy it and experience it in heaven. And then finally, verse 12, he says, And if you have not been faithful with what is a, what, that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? Again, that's just who we are. We have been entrusted with unrighteous wealth that does not belong to us. It belongs to the Father. So, so if we're good, if we're working what is not ours now, then we, we get what's ours when we're with God. I mean, it's just the, the, the purity and beauty of the new heaven and new earth. There's a direct connection between what we do with what God has entrusted to us now and what God entrusts to us then. We get to serve God now and serve God forever. Eternal impact and connection and influence. 
I mean, this, this is the good news. There, there's good news all throughout this passage. Why don't you really look at me? Because do you realize, if you're sitting here, like me, who, I'm Thursday night, I'm realizing, I'm studying this passage, I'm at the budgeting thing, I'm like, oh man, I have blown it. I have not been doing this. The, the la- when did Nate graduate? May. Since May. <laughs> I have not been do, I've not had this sense of urgency and wisdom. Well, here's the good news. The, if, if the master, if the master uh, commended the dishonest manager, grace abounds, brothers and sisters. The manager's like, well, get to work now. You know, get to work now. If you've been squandering the resources in some way, get to work now. Get to it, man. Go, enjoy it. Way to go. Wake up and go do it. Go work it. Urgency and wisdom. How much more does our gracious God do the same for you and for me? Start now. Take the whatever first step you need to take on this journey of working the resources that God has given and entrusted to you. Remember, as we've said all along, money... And God compete for our souls. And this is a perfect illustration to show how. Do we, do we work it for our benefit or do we work it for the eternal impact? That's what God calls the church to do. That's what God calls us to do. To enter into the systems that we're in as messy and as ugly as they are. And to work them and use them for God's glory. For, for God's beauty. For eternal impact. And that's what the world needs to see. I mean, what, what would, as, as we continue to grow in that way, as, as a church and as individuals, how, what kind of impact does that have just on the world saying, yeah, we want to use this, we want to work it in honest ways, in good ways, so that we can have the greatest eternal impact. How, how that would blow people's minds. You're doing it for what? That, that's the, the privilege that we have to do the work of budgeting, of saving, of investing, of giving. The, the world needs to see a people who are not controlled by the allure and the mess and the dirtiness of wealth. But who get involved, get their hands dirty in the system to use it for the beauty of heaven. May may that be what God does in me, in you, and in us. Let's pray.